Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Sunday night blessing. This is George Watkins. So glad to have you with us today, tonight. Sunday's over. This is the, the evening of a great day. I really believe and have faith that you had that kind of day. Sunday morning services are important to the body of Christ. And some of you that led those services or perhaps um, perhaps you were the usher or the greeter in the parking lot or the Sunday school teacher in the choir or passed out the communion, whatever you did in service on Sunday morning, God bless you and you will get the reward. And I know already have that reward because it is a great thing to serve the Lord. Okay. I am excited, and I uh, <clears throat> that word doesn't describe some of the levels of, of uh, emotion that happens when you uh, when you hit a home run or you you hit the uh, you know you 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 hit the target. <laughs> I was going to say you you win the lottery, but I've never play the lottery. So we can't say that one. <clears throat> Something there's levels of excitement and pleasure and gratitude, uh, gratefulness and joy that happens <clears throat> when something goes right or something just is really excellent. Now, <clears throat> by faith, and because we believe in good confession and powerful prophetic words, we, we live often in that ability to uh, elevate ourselves into those positions of emotional, um, even the, the soul, the body, but I'm talking about spiritual too, a joy and, a, uh, and, a, and a, an excitement that is not going to happen in the level around you, the world around you. <laughs> if you just plug into the world around you, you're jerked like a hockey puck back and forth. One day you're up, one day you're now down. You read the news, you look at the look at the computer, you know, and pick out your favorite um, conversations. And if you listen to it, they will take you on a ride that is not fun. Why? Because that's the way the world works. But you and I have the ability to elevate ourselves into realms and into places that you can't go without faith. You cannot go in those type of places without, number one, <clears throat> he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So number one is the belief there is a God and that God is the one who loves you. <laughs> and by the way, that you love him. My wife and I were talking just today about the condition of the world that it's you know around us. Some of the reports we are experiencing a nation that has uh, forsaken God, and now you and I, perhaps I know I have for most of my life, served the Lord. And in our world, we were in church, we were around a company of Christians, our families were were uh, trained and taught and we lived the principles best we could. But the world around us has had some real slippage 
and our nation has had us had a, has had real slippage. The scripture says a nation that turns itself away from God is going to be a dust bowl. It's going to have it's going to have some serious problems. Now, I look back in my life and see the shifts. 1950, 1960, 70, 80, 90, and so forth. We we begin to see the uh, response of a nation that was turning itself to uh, to the idolatry of prosperity and the idolatry of things and houses and lands and cars and boats and big jobs and fat paychecks. Well, the 60s produced what the Bible says that if we if we do that, our children will begin to be harmed and, and uh, they'll be kidnapped. Um, they'll go off into, into bondage. What happened in the 60s? Our children, our, the young people of the nation, got grabbed by the spirit of drugs in the hippie movement, spirit of drugs and, and, and uh, the sexual life, the loose sexual life. All that was a response of a nation turning itself away from God. Now, we in the church and in the Christian world have had some renewals, some refreshings, the charismatic movement, many things like that. But there must be a spiritual revolution, a spiritual renaissance, as it were, back to some core principles in this nation. Now, this is not a, this is not a dark sub, uh, statement I'm making. just want you to see the picture before us as our faith and our and and the passion we have for the gospel continues to turn this nation back to god so just as a snapshot now our children again are still being uh, uh, maligned attacked uh, well look at the abortion they're being murdered look at what's being perverted in the schools they're they're being uh, they're being uh, abused in their physical life and their emotional life and their sexual life. It's because the nation has forgot God. Now, how does, how does this turn around? This dropped in my spirit today, the title of this, of this Sunday night, is the, is the Joseph Principle. Now, you know the story of Joseph, how he, <clears throat> he was on top of the world. He was the favorite son with a favorite robe. He had dad's signet on him, and it was the robe of many colors. Now, we don't understand the culture, but that was a big deal. That's like wearing the badge. And <clears throat> he came along by his jealous brothers, and they threw him in a pit. We're going to kill him, but they sold him into slavery, and he ended up in Egypt. Now, take a take a take a note now that Egypt was the greatest nation in the world at that time. They were the big boys, and they were the America of that time in one sense. Joseph was put in prison eventually. Came through that because he saw he had a a prophecy, a vision that turned his life around. He was promoted. He ended up being the second in command of the greatest nation on the earth. And yet here comes the famine, a coming famine that's coming. But what, what, what happened? Joseph had a dream. 
And that dream told him to build big storehouses and save up. And I think they did it seven years. Now, when that took place then, uh, the famine came, they fed the nations around them. And that's how Joseph's brothers and his father, Israel, came back into Egypt. And that's was that's where the the um, Israelites and the Jews and that and the tribes found themselves for the next 400 years. Now, the Joseph principle is, and the, and the, and the Spirit of God said to me, it's not a lack of faith to prepare for the storm. We are looking even today on the news at those who are in the, the horrible storm in the, the East Coast. And many of them are trying to get food. They didn't store up. They didn't plan. Many of them are trying to buy the plywood for the windows and the generators to, you know, run the electricity. Now, they've, they live in a storm country. And this is not an accusation or a criticism of anyone. It's just the way human nature works. We're going to put it off. We'll do it tomorrow. Oh, it'll never come. It'll never be that bad. It's not a lack of faith to, 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 to put away some, some, some supplies. Now, I told you in, my, in the notes below, my little <clears throat> dissertation that I printed out or typed up. As a Pentecostal boy, I, we were pretty much raised with the idea that if we had money in the bank, we couldn't have faith. Or if we saved money back, it was a lack of faith that God wouldn't supply our needs. And many of us and the, most of the Pentecostal movement in that early century of 1900s, they went out literally by faith, not knowing you know, the last loaf of bread. <laughs> they just ate it and took off. My father talks many times about not having enough money to get there, but they took off and God supplied it. And I left, I left home the first time at 15 and then on my own at 17 with the same attitude. Lord, give me enough gas to get there. You'll get me home. And we lived a life with that in mind. But what it did, it, it almost worked a spirit of poverty in us to where we didn't think we could have faith if we had money. Well, along comes the, uh, <clears throat> in the faith, so-called faith movement, it was a, a re-emphasis of God's uh, word concerning faith and prosperity and healing and, and confession, all those wonderful things that God taught us. And according to human nature, some of them run off in excess and got to the point where they, they couldn't have faith unless they had a lot of things set aside. Well, there's certainly a balance there, and that's not the subject of the day. What I want to just remind you of is that it's not a lack of faith. Number one, put away some money. <laughs> that's, but that's not my point today. That's good to do. You need to do that. <clears throat> and it doesn't hurt your faith. I think I've told you a couple of times when we traveled in a trailer around the country, I started saving $1 bills underneath my trailer bed, had them stacked under there. And one time I had $301 bills stacked under there. And I noticed that the higher the stack got, you know, 
I was trusting in the stack. And then it would get low and I'd start praying again. That was kind of the mentality that if we had anything, we thought it was a lack of faith. Okay. How about the spiritual side of that? How about the fact that we have been instructed to seek the Lord early? We have been instructed to um, give him first priority and to prepare for the future and for the day. Look at Jesus. Jesus prayed all night before he went out into the streets of the city to pray, to, to minister. What did he do? He put something in the bank. You have a spiritual bank account, just like you have a physical bank account. And we can deposit in that bank account by the things that we do. Number, number one is our confession. And, and uh, I'm not prioritizing this, but that's the first one that comes to my thinking. Number one is our confession, because what we say we will get and, as we say it, we will do it. And as we say it, we will think it. So it, fra it frames the whole direction. Also, powerful uh, the powerful uh, point of prayer. Prayer is an investment in the bank account. Speaking in tongues is a big deal for those of us who have, you know, have come into that experience. And if you haven't, ask the Lord to give you some revelation on it. And he said, if you ask, he would give you that wonderful blessing. So these are, these are things that we build ourselves up in the Lord. We build ourselves up in the Lord. Third John two says, beloved, it says that we are to build ourselves up praying in the Holy ghost. Now, some of our brother and say that just means praying, uh, uh, you know, spiritual prayers. Just in the spirit of the thing. This we're in the spirit of God. Okay, I believe, and most Pentecostals that I know believe that means speaking in other tongues. That's what we do. That's what I do, and I have done it <clears throat> many, many decades. It's a bank. It's a depositing in the bank. Now here's another one. Deposit the word of God in your soil. You're a good ground. Mark 4 talks about the ground, different types of grounds. I'm good ground. You're good ground. And if you'll deposit the word of God, scriptures, and what you hear as you meditate, both of them are powerful seeds into your spirit. I have more than once, <laughs> believe me, I've had to remember and I've had to hear the Lord say, son, I love you. You're doing a good job. Why? I needed that word planted in my soul and in my mind, emotions, and spirit so that it would bring forth what? Good fruit. 30, 60, and 100. What was the fruit in George Watkins? Courage, encouragement. I can do it. Let's go another mile. Why? Because I heard the word of the Lord to me. Now, I can open the book, and I do open the Bible and read, and the Spirit of God electrifies it and flames it out to me, you know. <clears throat> what, did, what did the scripture say? The words that I speak unto you are spirit and life. I like that. <laughs> spirit and life. And, and you can be cruising through the scriptures then go to sleep, or you can read the scriptures and all of a sudden, bammo, 
you've gone, gone into another world and you're hearing something that's not written on the page. Oh, you've read that verse many times, but suddenly it says something different. What is that? That's the word, of, that's the spirit of God speaking to you directly through what you just read. And that's something. So those are the things that you do to have a bank account, a spiritual bank account, so that you can draw from it. Amen. Amen. We took off one time to the East Coast with our house trailer. And someone loaned us because we <laughs> loaned us a credit card for gas. Lo and behold, when I went to the first gas station or second, I'm not sure. The guy said, hey, this card is out of date. It's expired. <laughs> Whoa, talk about faith. So we had to dig into our faith account. And we had a little cash in the pocket that we got there. I, I remember the joy of having that credit card because I didn't have one in those days. That was, that was unheard of. Boy, this credit card, this is something. Well, that credit card was defunct, you know, and I had to reach back into some cash I had saved aside and got us there. All right. Those are my examples of a great principle that God dropped in my heart. The Joseph principle, plan ahead for the storm, even though you're not believing it's going to come and you're cursing it and rebuking it. And in denial, it will come. Amen. My father and mother have stepped into glory quite a few years ago now. My father was 92 when he did that. He had pastored over 20 churches, started, I think, about 10 of them. But he didn't think that he would ever die because he believed that the Lord was coming before then second coming of Jesus. He was shocked when my mother died. He didn't think that would ever happen because they were expecting the coming of the Lord any time. And because of that, we lived with not a lot of cushion, not a lot of, you know, deposit in the bank, but God was faithful. We had a, had a good life, great life. However, some of the things that when the storm came, it was tough going sometimes. Now, the point I'm bringing out here is this. You need, you and I, and I'm speaking to us all, we need to set aside those things in the physical as well as the spiritual so that when the storm comes, and they do come, <laughs> I know, and I'm not prophesying, I'm just telling you, that's life. Set aside some cushion. Now, because I'm a spiritual man, I'm emphasizing the spiritual so that you prepare ahead of time for those times when the enemy tries to whack on you and you are strong, you've got your strength, your feet under you, you know who you are in Christ, you know that you've been redeemed, that God loves you beyond anything you could ever do, God still loves you. Now, why is that important? Because if you know he loves you, you'll go back quick. You won't hide like Adam did in the bushes. You'll, you'll run to him. And that's what John tells us, isn't it? He said, beloved, 
if you've sinned, don't, he said, don't sin. But if you do, you have an advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Confess it. Come back quickly. He'll take care of it. <laughs> oh, boy, I love the spirit of God. I love I love the Lord's. Well, I love everything about the Lord. <laughs> oh, Sunday night blessing. Thank you for stopping by. And it's always a great pleasure to know that many of you have commented and, and told me that these Sunday nights are a blessing. So thank you for that. Keeps us energized and full of vim and vigor. <laughs> well, until tomorrow morning on Monday, we'll start a new week. It's going to be a fantastic week. Amen. Hey, don't forget, if you haven't subscribed, do so on YouTube. Like us on Faith, Facebook. And we're on Instagram now. Some of some of you that are busy and mobile, you can carry us around in your little telephone. <laughs> That's great. And if the Lord's nudging you to send us a gift, so helpful and blessed and blessed when we get it, we're able to put it in the gas tank and buzz off down the road. Okay. Well, we will see you in the morning. And until we do that, I want to remind you. The bank is down there, right around the corner. Go put something in it. Your spirit and your checkbook. <laughs> well, God bless. See you then. <laughs>